0: What's everyone welcome back to episode 169 but before I introduce my guest before we get into this I do want to send out the deepest condolences and well wishes to the families of both The legendary Terry Funk and just finding out minutes before we begin this Bray Wyatt aka Mike Rotunda best wishes and deepest condolences to both families And to the community going through this right now We're we're sending out love but now back to the conversation here we are live he is a true veteran of the game he is that dude John Davis good afternoon good evening how's it going pretty good man how are you I'm doing great thank you so much and again I'm definitely looking forward to this and uh, this is I'm looking forward to this conversation so before I go into the questions I do want to ask you I have to ask you the question ask everyone that comes on you heard the name of the podcast it's called respect the craft so when you hear that term though for you, what does the term the craft mean?
1: Craft is the business. Um, without getting into the weeds, uh, pro wrestling is a business. And a lot of people will kind of forget that. Uh, it's one of those things that we all grew up on. We all had our favorites, people we wanted to emulate, be like, um, have them become our peers and all this other stuff. And we get trained or we get into the business, however we get into the business, we kind of develop these habits. And in doing so, uh, we kind of lose track of, what's important as far as that goes uh me for one i'm really big on wiping your feet on the apron before you get in the ring Uh, i will lose my mind if you don't wipe your feet uh but it's just little things like that uh wiping your feet shaking people shaking people's hands uh, eye contact when you're having a conversation uh if somebody walks in the room and they're shaking everybody's hands stand up respect them uh and that's kind of what this is like it's not it's not a a lot of people look at this as like oh well he's He's just trying to be harder on the young guys, and that's not the case whatsoever. My thing is uh, we did the same thing, and it was rougher for us coming in than it is for a lot of these guys now. And granted, the talent level is insane. Like there's more pure talent on the independents right now than there's ever been, honestly. But it's just if you're one of those talented wrestlers, don't forget that the old heads are the reasons that you guys are doing it and the old heads are the reasons that we are doing it beforehand. So just keep those rules shake people's hands, be respectful, respect the craft.
0: Oh, yeah, that's perfect. No, definitely. So I do want to get into that. Let's talk about that for you, especially getting in when you got in. What was it that made you decide not only are you a fan of this, are you interested in wrestling,
1: but you want to be a part of the business? Uh, Bret Hart, David Boy Smith, uh, SummerSlam 92, Wembley Stadium. Uh, I was a big Bret fan. I was small growing up as a kid, believe it or not, and – uh, I watched that match and instantly knew this is going to be the thing that I want to do. And not many people believed that I could do it because, again, I was small, but it's determination and hard work.
0: no, gotcha. oh, Perfect. So now once once you're in there, though, once you decide you find the school you want to train at, you find where it is you want to go to, what was it that made you finally give that notion of, you know what, this was the right choice, I got to keep doing this. This is now – this is the path we're going here.
1: Uh Once I got to the school, so I got to the school and I meet the guy and he's like, yeah, uh, if you guys want, you can get in the ring, see how you feel moving around in the ring. He's like, don't do any moves. Don't take any bumps or anything, but just kind of see how you feel on stuff. And uh, I got in there and just, as corny as this is going to sound, I remember getting up on the apron and I looked around and there's this little warehouse. Like uh, they used to do auto detail in it. There's a cement walls, aluminum roof. It was super hot in there. I just remember standing on the apron and just looking from from post to post. Okay, like this feels like it's gonna be something. And in the minute I stepped through the ropes, like I was like, Okay, this is kind of I kind of feel like this is what I'm supposed to do, and I just took off and hit the ropes. Completely wrong, but I hit the ropes and I just stopped in the middle of the ring and I just looked at the dude and I was like, Okay, this is what I'm gonna do now. And he's like, Okay.
0: So it was just that instant click, like, you know what? Here we go. This is Yeah. When you, when you-
1: when you feel something, you feel something, you know what I mean? Like yeah. when you just, it's one of those love at first sight instances. Like you, you, you get in there and you, it's that one little thing and it just, it sets you off and you're in, you're off to the races at that point. And I, I knew like the minute I stopped in the middle of that ring, I was like, yeah, this is for me.
0: Gotcha. So now let's, let's go into that from, you said Brett and and you said that match, you said into that mindset, you, you already knew this was it. What was it for you that started to make you think, okay, this see these are the guys I'm looking up to you and were my idols to get into? This is the style I want to be in. This is the style I have to wrestle in when you so, got into the biz.
1: The style of my favorite wrestlers is not the style that I use. Um, Interesting. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, I'm a power guy. Yeah. Um, I hit people pretty hard. Uh, it was once described that once I hit somebody, they stay hit. And so that didn't describe any of my favorites. Like My favorites were <laughs> uh, Brett Uh, Arn Anderson was right behind him. Uh, I love Kurt Angle, Regal, like guys like that. Now, Regal could hit. Like he would throw strikes or whatever. But for the most part, most of my guys were technical. And uh, what drew me to them is that, one, none of their names sounded hokey. They sounded like real names. And I grew up in the South. So, like, you want to get behind somebody that sounds like somebody that you would see somewhere because they sound like a real person. So I grew up watching NWA. Uh, I wasn't a WWF guy until like 10 or 11. And the only thing that pulled me into that was seeing guys from NWA, WCW that were on WW television. So, uh, but they were, they weren't huge. They weren't Hogan, they weren't Warrior, they weren't Warlord. They were, you know, 210 to 230 pound guys, uh, average height. They weren't towering over anybody, but they were real serious about their business, and yeah. when you when you watched them wrestle, you never felt like you were getting a. They weren't putting on a show. They weren't just doing spots for the sake of doing spots. Like if if Brett shot a takedown, he shot a takedown, you know, and he would he would play around depending on the the level of his opponent. But you could see these guys doing these things that made sense for them, and it was never. Arn Anderson walking to the ring, perfect example. Uh, he came out, sometimes he had on a jacket or a t-shirt, and he didn't have this big flashy entrance. He didn't do, he didn't have this crazy music. You know, he came out to the horseman music for his pretty much his entire career, whatever that happened to be at the time. But like the bell rang and he was about business. The, the Ultimate Warrior, he had the, the music, he had the face paint and the tassels and he come full speed down and he was super yoked and tan and shaking the ropes and then the bell rang. And you're like, man, that was a cool entrance. And so that that kind of is what separated the two for me. That's what kind of what threw me off from WWF for a long period of time. And their business is great now, but I wasn't, I wanted my superheroes in comic books. Okay. If that makes sense. So like I was all about guys who seemed like realistic athletes as opposed to larger than life cartoon characters.
0: Gotcha. So what was it that drew you then into, especially if you were watching more of that technical style, that map-based style, what was it that made you decide you know what I'm just gonna pick them up and throw them. <laughs> let me <laughs> let me just hit them as hard as I can and hey they're gonna stay hit like we got we so, got Pete Rosado in the chat saying they do
1: stay hit <laughs> don't worry Pete we're gonna we're gonna get to the tag match in a little bit <laughs> so I I came up uh when I broke into the business I was all of a buck 85 uh to give you an idea I'm 275 now so uh I started off and I was I was doing standing shooting stars, springboard, uh sp- split legged moon salts, and I was matrixing off out of pins and all this other stuff. And uh I kind of evolved. I started putting on some weight and in training and getting bigger. I got more technical and then I played around with some comedy stuff here and there just for for personality stuff because I had some guys on here that like, look, you got to develop a personality. You can't just be a straight wrestler. So I started working on that kind of stuff. And then uh I was in this little tag team you may have heard of called the Dark City Fight Club with Corey Chavis and uh we we did a match our first match there was uh steen and generico there you go and uh so we we got to the back and i had a conversation with pierce and uh he told me to grow facial hair because i only had like a little bit at the time uh because apparently i looked like a child without it and then he said that to play with my style a little bit more because i was a big dude but i wasn't wrestling big enough so then I just sat down and started studying tape and I would watch, and it wasn't just, it wasn't just wrestling. I would watch pro wrestling. I would watch movies. I would watch MMA. I'd watch everything and see kind of what stuck to me. And then I started playing around with what I could do physically in the ring. Like instead of saying, okay, well, I'm going to do this moonsault and whatever, whatever, whatever. I'm like, okay, what, how much do you weigh? And they're like, Oh, I'm 300 pounds. Cool. I'm going to see if I can pick up off the ground, just laying flat. And I got to where I started doing that. And it's kind of, became a thing and the striking kind of came along afterwards. So uh, shortly after uh Davy Richards dislocated my jaw in a match. Yeah, he uh what? yeah kick me right I mean square in the chin, popped my jaw out of place, finished the match. Uh I think I threw him into the sixth throw that match, somewhere around there. Like we had to sign paperwork afterwards that we wouldn't go into the crowd anymore and if we did we were viable. But uh but then I started working on my striking a little bit and okay. uh just to kind of round everything out. Cause I knew I could go technical if I needed to, I knew I could fly if I needed to, which I would never, ever need to fly. And uh, so I just wanted to have that striking aspect and that kind of, kind of what stuck. Not true. Sure. No.
0: And again, definitely seeing you now, I've definitely seen the, just again the combination of having that strength, but also those strikes definitely leave a mark. And again, leave them hit like, here yeah. we go. Pete saying this, and definitely that clip is still going out there. Uh, <laughs> Sebastian cage is still a hit from that one encounter. Yeah. When you get hit with the, you get stuck with that Siberian Bear
1: Crusher. It's 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 over. <laughs>
0: you're, yeah. you're feeling that yeah. for that's for a while. that's one of
1: those moves. That's one of those moves where somebody's like, "Hey, what's your finishing move?" Like, "Oh, you'll you'll know when you see it." Yeah, because
0: it's not. I don't think it's a move. It's just the perfect combination of here you go, here you go, and that's the end. <laughs> yeah. So well, again, that's, that's that's a finish for you. That's that's the perfect definition <laughs> of a finish. But you mentioned it a little bit. Let's get into that. How was it that this was formed? Uh, we're talking about here the Dark City Fight Club. How is it that we uh, get to to this pairing right here of uh, that we see not only in Ring of Honor, but definitely around the independence?
1: So uh, I'm going to start with this. Uh, anybody who's paying attention, Corey Chavis does not get the love that he deserves. He does not get the praise that he deserves. People don't talk about him enough. Go back and watch his stuff as Rayman. Go back and watch early Dark City. Go back and watch late Dark City. Corey's one of those guys who uh we met randomly at dory funks we were doing a show for dory funk jr oh, wow. and okay. we, we just kind of started chit-chatting here and there and we just kind of hit it off and uh but i was aware of who he was because i mean he was doing he was working with hero he was working with punk he was working with everybody all the guys that were big names on the indies knew who cory was and we're excited to see him i remember uh we were at an impact one time and joe was still there and joe was talking to somebody and just happened to see cory and like jumped out of the ring to go say what's up to cory and that stuck with me um but it's one—it's just—it's crazy because, and I'm not just saying that because he was my partner and he taught me a ton of things, but it's just, he's one of those guys that just don't get enough love and it drives me insane. Um, anyway, so we were in, we were in, in South Florida somewhere uh, and we were doing a show called Pro Wrestling Riot and I was kind of coming on to the FIP scene Okay. and uh, they were telling me, they're like, hey, you need a little bit of seasoning, so we're going to give you a tag partner." I'm like, cool. And they didn't give me any details or whatever, but uh, Corey and I were on the show, and we were both walking out, and Sal so was like, hey, do you guys have matching gear? And uh, I was wearing basketball shorts and a T-shirt, but I had my gear on under, and I pulled it down. It was blue. He pulled the shirt up. He had on a blue singlet. I was like, yeah, we do. He's like, okay. You guys are going to start at FIP in two weeks, come up with a team name, and he walked away. And so I called Corey and I was like, um, he's like, I wanna do something with Dark City. And I was like, I wanna do something with the Fight Club. He goes, Dark City Fight Club. I was like, word, we hung the phone up. Then we're off to the races.
0: There you go. What a, what a perfect way of just like, well, yeah, this works.
1: <laughs> yeah. It just and it, just, it clicks from there. Fell right into it. And uh, to continue to put Corey over a little bit more is that what worked for us was that the thing that made us the same separated us. Uh, we would explain our styles like watching Freddie and Jason. Like we're, we're both there to kill you, but we're going to do it in very different ways. Uh, Corey's facial expressions were top notch. The way he sold things were top notch. Uh, He had really good psychology. My psychology was pretty strong at that point, but it got a lot better because of him. And uh, so when we came to the ring again, it was, you knew there was going to be trouble and you knew that, Somebody was gonna get smashed. But which one of us caught you first? Basically. It was a race to see which one of us were gonna put you down first. It's pretty much how our stuff went. And uh but like that caught on, it got respect. we were treated kind of sort of sort of like the Road Warriors. Like we would come to the ring and like we have a match matches less than five or six minutes and then we're out. Thanks everybody. See you next time.
0: Again, a destructive force, but then it, it leads to matches like the guy, the ones you had with the Bravado brothers. You guys faced the Kings of Wrestling. You were in there with the Briscoes. For you, those matches, how did that feel? Especially, again, it's a new pairing in there, and then just going in there, and then it's one of the teams that you talk about the Ring of Honor Tag Team Division. You guys had everybody at that point.
1: So I will, I will high-key flex that the ring of honor tag division in the years that we were there was the best tag teams in the world over the last 30 years. I'm open for debate if you want to give it to me, but I don't, I don't feel like team for team pound for pound person for person. There was a better tag team division. Any one of those people in the tag team division could main event the show by themselves, but we were still, we're putting everything we could in the tag. Uh, It was very important to each of the teams in the company that, uh, we continue to prove that like if we we could tear it down and there'd be a misstep or a thought process and like one of us would feel like we were off and we were like no we gotta we gotta work on that we gotta make it better and it showed month per month week for week tv for tv house show for house show we just kept pushing now as far as what it felt like uh cory knew all these guys already so uh it was i had to meet a lot of them but i kind of got grandfathered in because of Corey. But then once the bell rang and they knew I was legit, I never had any issues. But uh, we were very proud to, one, be so young as a team and and swimming with the Sharks. And, two, to have the guys fight for us. We did our our first Ring of Honor match with Steen and Generico. And our second night was uh, Corey and I and a guy named Francisco Chiazzo versus Brent Albright, Eric Stevens, and Roderick Strong uh post-match we got a please come back chant and we were in orlando and uh a lot of these fans didn't really i mean some of them knew us but the majority are ring of honor fans Yeah. so they are on their feet and i remember walking to the back and adam pierce was like you guys got a job we just got to figure out the details and so like everybody wanted everybody was pushing for everybody else so it helps your confidence and it makes you want to do the same for everybody else as well. So all the new kids coming in that we worked with or guys that we're trying out, like I was real good on just grabbing somebody, walking to the side and say, hey, this is what I saw. Let's work on this next time. Or this was terrible. This is why this was terrible. This is how you fix it. Or, hey, this is what these guys are looking for. Or, hey, I think you're there. Let me go talk to somebody for you. Things like that.
0: Uh, no, which I can which I imagine with those experiences, it just gave you even more. Now you're already, you're going in this still young new career and already have just decades of experience right there just because yeah. of who you're working with at the time and just what's going on. It's already,
1: you're already ahead of the curve at such a young uh, start. Absolutely. And, you know, we got to, we got lucky, honestly. I mean, we had Brian was still there and he was super helpful. Uh, you had, that's like Rashi Brown. He was there. Um, Prince Nana is another one of those guys who don't get enough credit. He's seen and done so much. Definitely. And he, he takes it so we were sorry, it's a sidebar. Every time I think of Nana, I think about uh, this. Okay, <laughs> We were in Dayton, Ohio, and uh, Les Thatcher was running a seminar before the show, and he wanted the guys to uh, it was just a simple whip off drill, like a Billy Gun, like a leapfrog drop, whatever it was. And uh, so Nana is doing the seminar, and Everybody was kind of tripping because, you know, Nana as known as a mouthpiece and a manager. Man. He used to wrestle and he's, he was pretty talented. But so he gets in there and, like, he's just, he's got this mug on his face. Like, he's ready to kill somebody. So he gets ready to start this drill and he just starts murdering this kid with forearms. Like, he hit him to the point that it was me. I want to say, I'll stand with Hero. And I remember who else unless Les was not too far from us and all of our heads jerked back and we all just kind of looked at each other and Nana just murking this kid with these forearms and then went into the drill or whatever. And it's like Nana, relax, bro. Like we're just we're just working out with these guys. But he's a hundred percent at all times. It was it was insane. Sorry. Um <laughs> I did I lost my train of thought. <laughs> That's about like one of my favorite stories. <laughs> it's <all> okay. <good. laughs>
0: and the, the the amount of times I've seen Nana, I would have never thought just like, yeah, he's just gonna murk someone in the corner, like.
1: Yeah, it was it, it was bananas, <laughs> but like it, it was, it was him showing the guys that they have to take it seriously. And like, gotcha. I think I don't, I don't, I don't remember the guys like playing around or being goofy or whatever, but just not was like, look, if you want to be here, you have to earn the spot. Gotcha. And it was just, it was so out of left field and nobody saw it coming. It was, it was ridiculous. But, Oh, so where I was going, yeah. so we had so many people in the locker room. We had Nana, we had uh, Jerry Lynn was in there. Um, Dela was there for a little bit. Nigel. for and So we had all these guys. And they just, again, they just wanted everybody to be good. And that was the big thing. It's just like, how do you be the absolute best? And that's what the goal for Ring of Honor was. And, um, I mean, I'm sure it's still that way now. But uh, they have the advantage of a TV deal now. And before we were just getting on the HDNet. And I was like the second, second wave of Ring of Honor. Like I was 08, 09, 2010. So, like, that first wave, it just kind of started to, you know, get... Brian was on his way out. Joe was already gone. Punk was gone. uh, Aries was still there. He was another one. Uh, Aries was still there, but then, like, you know, those guys were kind of going on to the next step of their careers. And we were coming in. And so they had this big, heavy ball that we had to run with, and we had to figure it out.
0: Yeah, especially, again, for that tag team division, when you think about just who was there and who like the embassy was built up that by that point. You have just what the SAT left there, the hit squad left there. Just again, that's a whole just like, well here you go now. Now it's time to it's make or yeah. break it at that point.
1: And and from that we birthed the American Wolves, the Dark City Fight Club, uh the Briscoes, the who were already there, yeah. uh Kings of Wrestling, All Night Express, uh Bravados, um, Cheech and Cloudy, yep. uh, Irish Airborne, um, I feel like I'm forgetting somebody. But anyway, you, you kind of get the, the gist of where I'm yeah, going with it. Of course. I mean, I re- I remember Sammy Callahan and Mox trying out before a show one day and them not being sold on it. Think about that. Two of the biggest stars that we've seen recently. And it's like, and, and Mox is up there, up there. Yeah. And they're just like, oh, we don't know if you're ready yet. Which was crazy because they were an amazing tag team at that time too. It's, yeah. just, it's just how Ring of Honor was at the time, I guess. Which again, it, it makes sense though for
0: the time, just how cutthroat it had to be, just because of who was there at the at that point. So it makes yeah. sense. It's one of those where, who knows where it would have led them? But hey, it's one of those where you guys had to. It definitely made sure if you're there, there's a reason now. Yeah, I but, think it worked out pretty good
1: for both of them. So I, I'm. I, I, I think,
0: think so. <laughs> I, I think <laughs> I think so. One of them's in Wembley this Saturday, and the other is is still Collegiate Impact and uh with Pro Wrestling Revolver as well. So it's yep. it's all working out. But with let's let's go back to the Fight Club here. Let's talk about just for you guys again after that run. Just going and saying doing the more on the independent, but then it does everything. Everything good does come to an end at one point. What made the decision here for that one last ride of it all, and just ending the team
1: there? So everything I said good about Corey earlier, I truly mean. Okay, but I'm gonna tell you why he's a dick. So he he puts up a Facebook post, doesn't tell me anything's happening. I'm not smartened up whatsoever. Puts up a Facebook post that gets sent to me on my birthday, which is the day that he posted it, saying that he's retiring from pro wrestling. And uh, <clears throat> I sent him a pretty long text message. And uh, I was mean in the nicest possible way. And... Uh, Pretty much told him he owed me one, but he has so many things that he wants to still accomplish. Like he's got his own record label now. He just had an album out, Uh, Chavis Island. It's on any of your streaming platforms, check it out. Uh, It's dope. He's really good at what he does. He makes his beats, he raps. He does all the engineering and production on it. it, Just check it out, Chavis Island. Here's your plug, Corey, I hate you. Um, (laughs) But (laughs) he retires and I'm like, okay, like, cool. Like, and I was already doing my thing singles-wise or whatever, but still, it's just like, I wanted our last match to be our last match. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't want to look back and say, oh, well, that was our last match. Like, I wanted to have that. You know what I mean? So uh, there's a company in Jacksonville, USWA, and I've been working with them for, since they started, so a little over a decade now. And uh, I was like, hey, uh, I'm going to talk Corey into doing a final match. And uh, there's a team there, uh, they were called That Classic Tag Team. And uh, they were very, very talented. And we wanted to go out how we came in, like taking a team that was close and then elevating them a little bit. So uh, they give us the okay. And I was like, hey, man, we got a, we got a booking on such and such day. He said, what, what do you mean? I was like, well, since you didn't give me a last match, I'm taking a last match. I need you to be here at this time on this day. And he's like, all right. So very short notice, came in, about I don't know, probably about a twenty five minute match, tore it down. Uh I surprised him because I knew I was gonna get emotional because Corey and I were very, very still are very, very tight to this day. Yeah. So I knew I was gonna get emotional once he started taking his boots off. Like I knew that. So I was like, How do I get him? So I hit up Adam Pierce, who's doing his thing on on SmackDown at the time. I'm like, hey man, can you do me a favor? Uh, I'm not gonna tell you what to say, but can you give me some kind of intro? He goes, I got you. And he puts together this like chill inducing intro. And uh, we're getting ready to walk to the entrance. And I'm like, hey, I want you to listen to the music. And then Pierce starts talking. I said, that's Pierce, by the way. And he looks at me, I said, well, if I'm gonna cry later, you gotta do it now. And I walked away from him. And so he like, he the cool thing about it was, He got to stand there in that moment, and he got to listen to Pierce, who was very instrumental in the Dark City Fight Club, being what we are. He was – Pierce is the one that coined the phrase Send Dark City. So, yeah, that was all him, and we can get into that in a minute too. Gotcha. But uh, I wanted Corey to have that moment at the curtain, and I wanted him to hear the guy that helped us get there when we were on our way out as a team or whatever. But uh, we went out there and tore it down, standing O, had a lot of fun, and then he did his retirement speech. And I'm still mad.
0: <laughs> hey, yeah, it can't, it can't get better than that for a send-off. At least yeah. uh, to go out the way you would have wanted instead of just, well, happy birthday. Here's a post. I'm out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, at least you got to do something like that, have a moment like that, and then, hey, one last rib of like, well, you're going to cry first. Here you go. <laughs>
1: yep. <laughs> for sure.
0: So a perfect way. But let me, let me go back to the chat here. And of course, Oh, my good buddy Toe has to rip me now saying I just came by here to, to say Ray's a troublemaker. He called me short once. I, th- there's a reason for that, but he's calling me a troublemaker just because on the other podcast we do, he likes to stir up trouble with every every person we have on. So <laughs> Tell, it's not going to work this time. We're having a nice conversation here. So. For sure. <laughs> but back to that then. Again, so tell us a little bit about that. How was it that that influence on peers for you guys and just what that meant to the group overall?
1: Well, so Pierce is one of the boys, first and foremost. Of like, course, he is. He is the. He was a long-running, multi-time NWA World Champion, um, and he did good business everywhere he went. Like you could, he's one of the people that, like, when we were when we were out after shows, uh, I could always find him, and we just kind of sit and we just kind of talk in business. And he'd say, "Okay, uh, Johnny Boy, this is what I'm thinking, and this is what I see." And he would talk about the whole business, not just Ring of Honor's money, but everybody. And we would just sit and talk business. And uh, But he has such a good mind for it. And he knows what works for guys and what doesn't work for guys. And he's not afraid to tell you very bluntly if something you did was stupid or wrong. Uh, and that's kind of – he's passionate, let's put it that way. So we were – I don't remember when it started, but uh, we are doing a pre-show, and uh, we were at, the pre-show was happening and we're by the monitors and we're watching and this match was going a little long and pierce is starting to get frustrated and uh i'm not going to do an impression because it's a lot of <laughs> profanity but anybody who's ever worked with him backstage and saw him at the gorilla knows exactly what i'm talking about okay <laughs> and he, he had a very specific way to open to show his displeasure you know those was, was the uh It was a two word curse and you can figure it out from there. And then it would just kind of go into this tirade. And he was looking around the locker room and me and Corey and I were just standing there. And he's like, go, send Dark City, send, and he just said send Dark City. And we took off. Like there was no, hey, like who do we attack? We just went and got everybody. And uh, so it became a thing to where like all the boys reacted to it, obviously. And when the the talent was in the ring, got to the back, they will they told you we like we they were talked to about it it wasn't they weren't dressed down or anything unless it was egregious but you will kind of talk to them about it and fun fact um adam cole's first match in ring of honor uh he's in a six-man tag and he gets the tag to come in but what he doesn't know is they are his tag officially going long so <laughs> He tags and he meets me and Corey. Uh, this story's up somewhere with him telling it. It's like, I think he's talking to the to the Bucks or somebody. And uh, But that was Adam Cole's first match with Ring of Honor. Like he's all ready for this tryout. He was very young, baby kid. And then it just kind of, uh, yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, welcome but, to Ring of Honor.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, he, he did okay for himself too. So yeah, I, I don't think he's <laughs> too upset about it. We're still cool. I saw him last time I saw him, we hugged, we're, we're good. Um but uh but pierce would he just wanted you to he was real big on it's professional wrestling so when you come in and you're trying to to get this name and and build on this company and get a job with this company it's okay we're professionals be professionals stick to your times know where the cameras are at this that and the third uh but if you didn't (laughs) you get to meet me and corey and uh (laughs) But he was like I said, I could always bend his ear. I could text him right now, and what is it today? Thursday? Yeah, Thursday. Yeah. Yep. So he would he would respond back to me within 15 minutes. But he's like that with everybody. I'm not special. He does that with anybody who he he he's cool with and yeah. or was on the road with. That's just that's just who he is. And he was invaluable to Ring of Honor's early years on television. Now, Gabe Sapolsky was running it beforehand. Gabe's got a great mind. Uh, and he's really, really good with talent, and he's doing really good things right now too. Uh, but it was two different, two different artists. So the way they treated the canvas was a little bit different. Uh, both of them excellent, but for for that time and going into that that run, I think that Gabe's influence was there, and then Pierce just kind of molded it into where he thought it should be, and that's what made Ring of Honor so successful at that that particular time.
0: Definitely, and then you could see the just the again. The the little touches are there, but definitely just maybe the the polishing that was needed to get to the modern era of what Ring of Honor was going into, especially at that point.
1: Correct, so. and then, you know they were they were doing they were doing jams and doing big numbers in jams, and then we go to Philly for that first taping, and there's a truck out back, and so we're all like getting pulled into the truck, and we're like, what is this? And they're breaking down how they do everything, you know, and so it's like, just everything was. We got to watch that grow with the company. Kerry was real big on, hey, come come to the truck. Look at this, look at this. And he'd hang out in the truck with us. Or we'd back up and we'd go into the little crow's nest in the arena and we'd kind of watch how everything was going. he say, so what do you think? Or what would you do? And this and that. And so he talked business with everybody. And it just kind of, it, it, we all felt like partial owners for the most part, because everybody's feedback was welcome and we all got a chance to learn.
0: Awesome. And again, that's another thing that just shows where the experience like that now builds you for the rest of your career, having that kind of mindset, knowing how this is supposed to run, knowing how this can be, and what to look for of making the pre- the presentation even bigger than it can be.
1: Absolutely.
0: So, and here we go. We got Federate in the chat saying, "If John and Corey are coming, just fucking run, <laughs> leave the building, and don't come back until the following week." <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's that's great. You know, again, let's let's segue into that. Then that's another conversation I do want to have with you. And let's let's go into how how did that establish? How do we get to a, a moment like this? How do we have your affiliation with Federate? And shout out to Mister Martinez, because I know he's the one watching.
1: For sure. So, uh, I met uh, Elliot after might have been Style Battle One. Okay. So it was me, Twenty niece, Brody fox sammy bobby fish that was the first style battle and it was all a one night deal and uh and i might have met him at bb kings it was one of the two so it was it was it was right around each other but uh we just kind of got to chit chat and he said hey man i have this idea and he kind of pitched it to me and his passion when he pitched it to me and how excited he got about Just the possibility of it maybe being a thing if it takes off, and now we're talking twelve years ago, something like that. Yeah. So, and he's like, he just how excited he was for it and how much he wanted it. I was like, okay, well, I'm in. He's like, I remember I told him that I was good with it. He was really like, yeah. Like okay, and like we just both kind of got excited and uh, as. The concept grew and things started getting locked into place uh, he was doing things there and of course i was traveling around and everything and uh but like we just became tight like we're family now so anytime i'm in the northeast i'm at his house and i'm i'm hanging out with his family and we're going to diners which is our which is necessary promoters in the northeast if you book me and you have somebody come pick me up we're going to a diner so make sure i'm getting there like Five hours before the show, now I'm going to be late. It's your fault.
0: But, <laughs> there you go. Uh, so,
1: Pete, if you're
0: still listening, the diner visit is <laughs> going to be needed before the Bronx. And here we go. Uh, Elliot is letting us know you came out with the first Federated T-shirt at Style Battle. So it was before yeah. Style Battle that you guys met. There you go. Yeah, so it had to be the BB Kings,
1: yeah. b- the show beforehand, and then okay. I got into the Style Battle.
0: There
1: you go. Um, so, but, yeah, like we just – we grew together. I – I have a picture of his dog as one of the screensavers on my television. So, like, that's how close <laughs> Elliot and I are. <laughs> gotcha. So uh it's, it's a family thing. And that's one of the things – that's one of the cool things about Federated is that they, they care so much about everybody involved. And if he doesn't have an answer, he's going to ask me a question. If I don't have the answer, he's going to ask somebody else a question. And when you look at the Federated roster throughout the years, it's insane. There's a ton of talent on there.
0: Yeah, Again, like, yeah. like he puts there, you're, you're the founding member right there, one of the first, right there. Federated's number one. But no, definitely, you look at it, it's you. You have Corey in there. You have Casey. Now, when you look at the modern roster, Casey Navarro in there, Mike Orlando, O'Shea Edwards, which again, you guys just killing it as part of the Federated as also Sentai. So mm-hmm. just the, again, a stacked, now with a uh, good friend of mine, Rembrandt, in there. One of my brothers who's now part
1: of the newer chapter of Federated just say uh who's who in there mm-hmm. and that's the thing again it's, it's one of those things it's, it's a family even if you become inactive and you're not in there for a while or whatever or whatever causes you to to part ways and say you, you leave the business or whatever you can still hit anybody up and everybody still kind of looks out for you that's 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 one of the big things about federated that drew me in just because of how tight everybody got and how and how much we pushed each other to uh to Stay focused on what they were trying to do.
0: Gotcha. Well, Mr. Martinez, I know you're still watching. I'm still waiting for my shirt because we, we agreed on me being the official podcast of Federated. I still haven't gotten the, the Federated t-shirt. We gotta I'm, we gotta work on some,
1: that. I'll make some call for you. <laughs> there
0: you go. I think you know a guy. I think you know a you know guy. <laughs> but with that, let's let's go into this now, especially being again the founding member of Federated in there. But let's talk about the pairing with you and the big bad kaiju O'Shea Edwards. How did that establish? Because, so again, I can imagine you have your pick. You can pick anyone to be in there with. What was it that you saw in O'Shea that made you decide this needs to be a pairing?
1: So what would I not see in O'Shea Edwards? He's big. He he looks like an animal. He's strong as hell. Uh, he can talk, and he doesn't talk like what people want him to talk like. He, okay. he and I are closer in the way that we talk than anything else but like he's very very smart he understands the business uh he makes good business decisions you don't ever see him uh kind of put out or there's no there's no drama you know what i mean there's nobody calling him out he's never he's not getting himself in trouble he keeps his nose clean Um, he's not gonna let you push him around by any stretch of the imagination and he's gonna do business but uh he is very very close to a complete package as far as a heavyweight goes and he, he's only gonna get better, and uh, he's not gonna tell you that he knows he can get better. But he gets better every time you see him, so you know that he knows that he can get better. And that's not saying that like, that's not saying that he's got a lot to cover. That's no. just, it's just it's finishing touches here and there. You know what of I mean? Of course. Yeah. Again, um, it's that
0: polishing, like we talked about earlier. Like, there's yeah. already that influence there. There's something there, but it's just the fine tuning to make it a, a perfect
1: piece there one day he's going to be on somebody's television and that music's going to hit and he's going to stand on that stage and everything's going to come together and everything's going to make sense and everything's like you know what of course it's o'shea now uh i met o'shea when he first started in mississippi okay uh i was working for a company called pro wrestling ego and shea was there and uh he wasn't as gigantic as he is now but he was still a pretty big boy and we would just chop it up and he was so hungry for information hey what is this like how do i get here what's this company like what's this company like when i start traveling what do i need to be looking for how what i need to feel you know and i would just chop it up with them um and we just got to chit chatting and talking and we became cool and then fast forward some years uh, it was mainly weekend in tampa and uh we worked for pro wrestling action and uh southern underground pro we're doing this joint show um have fun be sad and those uh Shay had one match that weekend and it was me and he didn't have to be there he didn't he didn't need that money he was doing pretty good for himself and uh he just requested he wanted to jump in there with me and uh i remember his fight was delayed he got there late and then we just started banging like we bell rang and we just went at it and it wasn't like a it wasn't like a you got to get past me kid type of thing just, i wanted to go and there's not a lot of people, and I'm saying this honestly, uh, there's not a lot of people that I'm going to stand across the ring from and know that we're going to bang. There's a lot of guys who look like it. And then the bell rings and you hit them and it's a whole nother story. But Shay was there for it. And he's a solid dude. And he was over 300 pounds at the time too. And uh, there was no chain wrestling. There was no okay brother let's we just right away like we went right into just big moves we dropped bombs right away and it threw the crowd off and the, the announcers were a little thrown off too but that's just that's how hungry both of us were but he's never lost that hunger and he's he's always striving to be better he is breaking personal records in the gym right now which is bananas he's squatting the house he's benching your car he's just a monster and so when the opportunity came for me to have a tag team partner that i was going to take seriously because after corey it was uh i had corey uh one of my mentors bruce santee and o'shea edwards those are my three tag team partners throughout my career and i've had other guys that i've tagged with here and there but these guys are my tag partners and so that's these are guys that i want in my corner these are guys that i'm going to go to war for that, I, that i'm going to be accountable for and they're going to be accountable for me so O'Shea is going to be the last tag partner regularly that I have as a wrestler, but he, uh, he has a lot to offer. So when it, when it came time to make a choice, it was pretty, pretty easy for me to do.
0: Gosh. Uh, and again, it seems like the pair, the pairing is just perfect at this point. You guys have been dominant, destructive everywhere you go and just seeing what you guys did to, again, also two friends of mine in the main event. Uh, yeah, they definitely were were left just, in the ruins there <laughs>
1: well we we are from a time past we are not uh we're not flippy dude guys we're not uh we don't have to slap everybody's hands we're not um we're not hey cheer for me you know what i mean like if you if you cheer you cheer if you boo you boo we still get paid and if we have to beat up your favorite wrestler then we have to beat up your favorite wrestler uh, It's Back to respecting the craft. We're here to do a job, and we're going to do that job. And hopefully, we're not employed to do so against whoever your number one is.
0: Hey, I got you again. It was it's it's understandable and respectable. Again, it's a business like we talked about at the mm-hmm. beginning of this. But uh, I, I would assume you know what what he means by here. He says bicycle seat this, <laughs> this is coming from Federated. I would I would hope you know what that means because I'm just like he didn't say anything about a bike.
1: But okay, yeah. Uh, there's a lot of inside jokes, <laughs> especially, especially with Elliot.
0: Uh, uh, got
1: you. Yeah, I've got that pop
0: So That's perfect. Yeah,
1: I know you're watching Elliot, so my re- my rebuttal is going to be gangster soup, and we'll get into that some other time. Uh,
0: okay, that that's going to be one maybe uh, maybe an in person combo. We'll, we'll yeah. talk
1: about that at uh at the show
0: because let let's get into that because again we're talking about the pairing. We're talking about just how devastating you've been not only singles-wise, but in the tag team. There's another guy that I feel like is just similar paths. He's had multiple partners. He's had just a destructive force. Let's get into the match happening in a few weeks here at We Are Wrestling, as it's going to be Sentai going head-to-head head with Sent to Slaughter. I know you you wanted to have that, that, that solo contest with Danny Moff, but it looks like, again, you're going to war with just different battle partners at this point.
1: Correct. Uh, Moff is one of those guys, man. He's an OG. Uh, he has not, he is, his style has not relented in any form of his career. He's wrestled the same sick. He's wrestled the same hurt. Healthy it's 110% every single time the bell rings. Um, one of the stronger humans that I've ever been in the ring with. Uh, and that's, I mean, I've been in the ring with Claudio and Jeff Cobb. So that tells you something. Uh but he he just goes and he brings it out of you. So uh any chance that I get to 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 throw hands with with Daniel, as I like to call him, uh I'm gonna do it. And he's one of those another guys like we people need to be putting flowers at his feet. Uh and he's done it with a few other partners. But I got, me and Corey got to work with the hit squad. We finally, we got a match with them. And so that was one of my bucket list things. Those are the few guys that I wanted to mix it up with. and They were on that list. And uh, I wasn't disappointed. And still to this day, not disappointed. I look back on that match fondly. Um, even though uh, I got a door stuck in my back, like a broken piece of a door stuck in my back. But it wasn't. It wasn't Daniel, so I'm not going to hold it against him. Uh, anyway, but Sinner uh, Slaughter is a, like a lot of teams. Uh, they're big. They're dominant. Uh, they have a cool look. I'm sure their interest music is pretty dope. I haven't heard it yet. Uh, but like a lot of teams, they are in their head, and they're feeling themselves, and I they think they're ready. And that's cool because that's that's what we want. But uh we're coming to eat. And you know, y'all are a little bit bigger of a serving than we're used to, but we'll clean the plate. Uh, it's not gonna be it's not gonna be this this grand back and forth. This isn't gonna be what the independents are now. We're gonna look at uh it's gonna be like all Japan in the eighties and nineties. You're gonna be seeing Williams and Gordy, you know, we're Niceties are cool after the match. We can shake hands. But when when the bell rings, it's, it's going to be a battle.
0: Definitely looking forward to see that again, just to see all four of you, what's going to bring. Because I can imagine, again, just you and in there, what's going to be. But now you're adding in O'Shea. You're adding in Sean Donovan. That's, yeah, that's going to be a collision. Again, I hope uh, Pete has the insurance very very well for the venue. Cause yeah. that, and,
1: <laughs> and not the discount, Sean. I'm sorry. I feel like I went off talking about Daniel for a little bit. Not a discount Sean, Sean's Sean's very good. Um, I usually go to his Twitter page to see all the retweets of the wrestling that I like. Uh, not a lot of clips of him, but I mean, whatever, get you over. <laughs> uh, we are going to, there's gonna be a lot of humanity in that ring. Again, I'm 275 and I know Daniel's not small. I know Sean's not small. I sure as hell know though, Shay's not small. So Pete, uh, reinforce the ring, have insurance. And hope for the best.
0: Yeah. Well, then that's, that's going to be a sight to see. Can you – will you guys be able to hit Because I know you do it now as a combo. Will we see that Siberian Bear Crusher done to
1: one of the members of Sense of Slaughter? There is, again, not, that's a, a, there is not a person wrestling right now that O'Shea and I cannot hit with that move. Got you. And quote me on it. There is not a person in the business right now that we can't hit that move on.
0: Here you go and here we go now. uh again, I'm just gonna say it's Elliot because I can imagine that's who was commenting, <laughs> saying praise. So there you go. Oh, uh, it was it definitely was Pete saying, I mean, O'Shea versus Moth one was a damn war. It definitely was again the, the door was used there as well. So yeah. doors and moth, it just it, it comes around. He you had
1: know? uh real fast, speaking of doors, he was working um It was Mania Weekend, working for Danny DeMonto, doing the ICW thing, shouts to Danny. Uh, Who was he wrestling? Was it the match with Mance Warner? Nope, nope. They were in the cage. It was a tournament. Oh, my God. It was... uh... Anyway, it'll hit me. Anyway, there was a thing where... uh... Oh, it was Reed. Okay. So, So Reed's got the door and he's smashing Dan. Boom, 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 boom. And his head goes through the door, right? Okay, and yeah, yeah, and, I know exactly. yep. and he comes up and has this like psycho moment. And I remember he stood up and I remember people who weren't even wrestling fans that were just there drinking and enjoying the atmosphere. Everybody looked at each other and their mouths dropped, and I'm like what the, f-? and then it it just took off. And that was one of like, that's legitimately one of the coolest moments I've witnessed in pro wrestling. Just just the way the the room felt when that happened. It was, it was insane. And I don't even know how the door got around his head because his shoulders, his traps stop right here. So I don't, it doesn't make sense, but it, it, it happened. It a
0: perfect angle, just, and then, yeah. Oh. Well then, and now he's, now we, this this was the starting point. Everything else is yeah. just, yeah. We, we get to that. It's just like, oh, here we go. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this is gonna, this, oh, here we go. Let's see. Uh, Davis being in a ring with Moff is two years in the making. That match was supposed to be. There, there we go. And I've had this combo with Pete. I was supposed to be the original singles match, but Hey, again, even more elements added to it. It's going to be insane. Yeah. Um, and it's crazy how it all works out. Yep. Here we go. The monster movie door spot from Ellie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, so I know JD has been waiting for this. That's what I'm most scared of is pen up. Yeah. That's going to be just pent up aggression there. And hopefully the ring is ready for this. So shout out to we are wrestling. Be there guys for deja vu a stacked card. And this is this might be might need to be the main event. So the ring doesn't implode beforehand before well, the rest of the does. show. <laughs> if it
1: does and you're after us, we're still getting paid the same. So sorry guys.
0: <laughs> there you go. Uh, but let's let's keep it going here. Again, we talked about your tag team stuff. Let's go a little bit into your, your singles career as well. Because you've had an insane just stacked career as well going into the days of FIP to evolve to Dragon Gate. And just a list of who's who that you've gone in there as well. Because a lot of guys that you see on a regular Monday to Monday to Wednesday on television right now and Friday as well. So let's talk about a little bit about that and how were those for you and that experience with guys like Eddie Kingston and there, Riddle and there, Johnny Gargano. And and the list just goes on and on.
1: So uh it was crazy because the first time I did FIP, um Brian was still the champ. Davy Richards was just breaking into the area. It was him and Tony Kuzina traveling around. Uh, Shima was there. Cyber Kong was there. Um, Briscoes were there. It was, it was, just, the locker room was insane. And uh, I came in as a last minute replacement for somebody. And then they used me that once and I disappeared. And then I came back again. And uh, I think a singles match versus Seth DeLay. And then I disappeared again. And then the next time I came back, Corey was with me and that completely changed everything. Um, but FIP, I've been through and in, been into in most of their phases, the, the the sister company to Ring of Honor and then the sister company to evolve and then trying to make their own mark in the WWN family. And um, I've Honestly, man, my career is—it's just been—I've been lucky, right place, right time. I remember, uh, I remember getting signed to Ring of Honor, and people are being like, "Well, what did you do to get signed to Ring of Honor?" I'm like, "I have no idea. I just beat people up." And then I got signed to Evolve Evolving Dragon Gate. What did you do to get signed to Evolving Dragon Gate, man? Like, I don't know, man. I just beat people up. It's just what my thing is. Um, but I've been able to parlay this career into some dope experiences not just for people but just for me because i am a wrestling fan first and foremost uh i've been able to be in the ring with guys like o'shea i've wrestled Corey. i've wrestled uh been in the rings of kings wrestling the briscoes um gargano seth rollins everybody pretty much uh yeah. owens zane i'm used to i'm not used to their tv yeah yeah now, got but, you. well you again know,
0: you yeah. said it match match one was yeah. them and it was like yeah, match one and Ring of Honor. That's like, oh yeah, yeah. That's just that's a way to start. Just two yeah. of the the best guys to ever walk in there.
1: Yeah, I was match one. You know, <laughs> I was I was lucky to have been just thrown into the fire. Yeah, and it was a sink or swim kind of thing. And my arms didn't get tired, luckily. So it was just getting to have those experiences and and being. I mean, I remember there was times I was walking into matches. I'm like, this, like, how did I get here? You know, we were we're in, in buildings with. 1500 people and it's a mania weekend and they're all, you know, they're all waiting for this particular match, you know, and I got to be in a ring with Finley who I saw open a Corona with his eyeball. I don't know if you heard me, uh, anybody at home, he opened a Corona with his eyeball, uh, asked should D. He was the guy that handed him the Corona. It was the most gangster thing I've ever seen in my life.
0: Uh, Right right there. That's it. Like, Yeah. it's, It's... The crazy part is it's like I i just believe you just from that
1: because it's like, of course, Finley would do something like that. I, like what? I, why wouldn't I he? told I told this story to Brogan, and Brogan's like, I thought my dad was lying to me. I was like, no, I saw it in person, and it still shakes me to this day. But he does that. And then twenty minutes later, like, oh, John, you and uh, Finley are gonna have a match at such and such place at such and such time. I was like, Gabe, he just opened a corona with his eye, but anyway, so I've been. I've been lucky because I've gotten to do, I've gotten to be in the ring with guys. who have had experience in each generation and each era, pretty much of, of the last, God, I'm going to start in the seventies. So, you know what I mean? Like it's, there's been so much knowledge that I've been able to acquire. And that's the thing for younger wrestlers coming up real fast. Um, if you get to be in a ring with somebody, even if you're not going to take the advice right away, listen to what they're telling you. Uh, if they pull you to the side and say, hey, look, man, I know you don't know me, but this is what I see. Make a note. Write it down. Talk to it about somebody else on the way home when you're booking territories. But use that advice because a lot of little things that guys would tell me when I was really, really young and I was working these little terrible indies and nobody knew who anybody was and none of those guys ever made it. Those vets were telling me things. I'm like, ah, oh, whatever. What do you know? And then I find myself doing it 10 years later, five years later. Um but that's just something for the young guys if you're paying attention. That's listen to everything, take everything down. Like again, you don't have to use it right away. And it might not be for you, but if if a guy who's been around and had that experience is gonna use his time to give you a little bit of advice, thank you, sir, and just try it. But that's what a lot of things that made me successful was. I was I got the ability to wrestle Dory Front Jr. And I met him. And again, I was the NWA kid. So he won his first world title a decade before I was even alive. So uh, I meet him and the am like, hey, you guys are wrestling in the semi-main event. I'm like, I'm sorry, what? And then Dory proceeds to beat my behind for 15 minutes. One of the tougher old men that I've ever been in a ring with. It was crazy. Like at one point, I forgot that I was wrestling. And I was just looking at the ceiling and walking backwards from an uppercut. It's, I've never been hit that hard. Uh, but uh, – I've had like Dory and like, you know, I bump into Billy Gunn and X Pac here and there and it's just real quick brief meetings and they just like, Hey kid, do blah 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 blah, you know what I mean? And there's little stuff like that. Uh chance meeting Nikita Koloff at a at a spot show in South Florida and just him giving little tidbits of of advice. And uh it's one of those things, uh Jimmy Rabe was another guy who he knew so much and he's one of those guys that forgets more about the business than most people will ever learn and he was one of the guys that was he was one of my first big name matches at the time and uh he gave me so much information i mean off the bat just right away like hey this is what people are looking for this is what ring of honor wants this is what they're looking for in japan you know or learn your styles be proficient blah 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 and um he was, uh, he's the reason, if you see my entrance, I raise my hand and I put two fingers up and every single time that's for Jimmy because of what he did for me. And there's a lot of guys just like me who do the same thing. And if you get a chance, look those guys up because they're serious too. But that's just being fortunate in the business. Guys who really are passionate about pro wrestling and, and want to see guys do good were there to give me uh, ideas and and feedback and critiques, And I always took it. Even if I didn't like what they were saying, I always took it. And that kind of helped get me to where I started catching steam. And even higher up in doing Evolve and Dragon Gate and Ring of Honor, those guys are like, hey, try this, try this, try this. And you apply it to your game and either works or it doesn't. But at least you tried it and you know.
0: Again, I'm hoping anyone listening to this, please take that advice. Again, coming from a guy that Not only does he have on his own over two decades of experience, but then just the experience he's gained over the years and just who's who he's worked with. Please, if you're listening to this, take these gems, take all this, and especially if you're in a locker room like that, use the advantage of having amazing minds back there and just pick their brains. That's what I try to do every time I'm in a locker room is just picking the brains of those that I know that have come before me and just the
1: amazing things they've done and just every time I try to pick those brains. And that's one of my things if if I'm in a locker room with you and you have a question, ask me a question. If I can't answer it right then, I'll say, yo, I got to go do this thing Uh, when I'm finished. Come find me or I'll give you my phone number. Hey, text me, call me, send me matches. Uh, And I try to help everybody out. I just it's just one of those things I want. I want the business to be better when I leave it than when I found it. And uh, it's not going to be. I don't want credit or a pat on the back or anything, but if I can help one or two people that go on and do something bigger and they keep that mindset, then that's all I need.
0: That's perfect. And again, that's that's a mindset I wish so many more. Definitely I've been I've been lucky to meet a lot of people that have that mindset. Like again, the names you're mentioning, I've gone to take their knowledge a lot of the times the Max, the Moths, uh the homicides, guys like that. That every Jimmy Rave I was lucky to work with for a while at a, a capital slash catalyst wrestling and get to pick his brain for a while and just be there and again take any advice I can and just put it into what I want to do in the business. So it's always a pleasure to get to talk to you guys and get that type of knowledge. Which is why I love doing this this podcast just to be able to get even more when I can't do it at shows as well.
1: So well when before we started I remember I was like how old are you you're a kid right and you yeah. kind of laughed or whatever. But uh I've had a I've done a few podcasts here and there and I've talked to a that lot way. of people but like watching you get excited about answers and watching you take things in, like that's, what's going to make you successful. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's one of those things where like when we're talking to guys and guys are actually taking in what we're saying, we know. And if you're just kind of thinking about whatever your next thing is or what you're going to have to eat or whatever it is, we know. So it's, it's refreshing to be able to sit down and talk with somebody and like have a general, like a genuine conversation and see that they're paying attention and see that they're, they're excited about the business. So thank you for that.
0: No, thank you. And again, that's that's one of the reasons why I, I called this this, the Respect the Craft, because I have that genuine respect for this. Like the business has, again, it, it's one of those where it's given me a lot, even though it, uh, it gives it's supposed to give you nothing in this. It, you're, well, nothing is, is just given. It's earned yeah. in this. And be, being able to be a part of this and have just these moments like this, it's always a pleasure. So I thank you again for, for coming on. But it's nothing. As we continue here, let me, let me go back to Pete now just just fantasy booking here with a time machine. He says, "Give me a time machine so I could see Davis versus Bruiser, Davis versus Doctor Death, or how Davis versus Severn." And then now they're going into the Taz talk here, where Pete says Taz with two Z's, and Elliot corrected him with, "No, it has to be Taz with the one Z from ECW." That, yeah, that's what pre,
1: we free <laughs> copyright infringement. Taz, yeah, there
0: we go. That's that's what we um, need.
1: So, uh weird note is uh O'Shea and i did a show in jacksonville river city wrestling con and it's a thing they do every year um nick and sam are running and it. it's a big big thing if you're ever in jacksonville or now the st augustine area uh june of pretty much every year it's they have everybody there and um we were fortunate enough to uh be unintentionally debuted in front of this crowd by dan severin uh, yeah, a guy named Simon Says was in the ring, and he was running down, uh, running down all the the veterans that were out there signing autographs and stuff. And he said something to Dan, and uh, just Dan comes to the back, and goes, "You guys ready?" I'm like, okay. And Dan walks out, holds his hands up. Our music hits, and we came out. So Dan Severin kind of uh, unintentionally, like, gave us that that moment. You know what I yeah. mean? That's that's just, that just, yeah, that's insane. And again.
0: That's just another one of those right place, right time. Just yeah. There you and go.
1: Dan Severin's hands are still like I don't have small hands, and his hands are still like this. It doesn't make sense because we're almost the same height.
0: Yeah, but it's so still, it, somehow it's still like it, it's towering.
1: Yeah. Wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, again, no, a lot let's, of uh, A lot of the guys on that list. A lot of the guys on that list that he named are guys that I grew up watching, um, and I'm a huge Doctor Death fan. So like those are those are why matches like me and Kingston work because we're both fans of that old school style and we're gonna bang and we're gonna throw. We're gonna bang and we're gonna throw. So like things like that. There you go. JD Drake, Kingston, Riddle, Elgin, like those are those were all matches where people were like, Oh, this kid is or this guy's whoever he's supposed to be here. I'm like, cool, feed him to me. Um, I remember shaking Riddle's hand after that match uh from that picture and i was like i can't wait to watch you on monday nights and you can see me say it to him if you watch the footage back he goes get out here he's like no i'm serious and i looked him right as i'm serious and he's like no no it'll never happen and i was right but whatever (laughs) Uh, (laughs) okay maybe that's what it is it's
0: just that touch once you're in there with them it just it sends them away (laughs) yeah it sends them to the big
1: time great for them (laughs) if you guys want to shoot me a little bit on the back end we're
0: cool at this point you just got to pin yourself that's it that's how you get yeah. sent away. <laughs> just, just somehow get yourself to get hit with the with the Siberian bear cru- that's it just, just hit yourself with it and that's it you get sent yeah. but no and again it's showing just how a match like that what that respect comes into it and that's that's something you see in all in all those pictures there just that respect factor and what a match like that means for, for both of you in there for no matter who is mm-hmm. your opponent just having that common respect in the ring and just what truly this this all means to you guys
1: for sure and it's again it's just it's professional wrestling if you treat it like a sport and you treat it like a profession then you're going to be treated and viewed as a professional and that's that's you just got to push and push and push and there's going to be times every time that i've thought about hanging everything up and it, it being tough is when i've got my biggest opportunities and that's that's one of the hardest parts about this is that being a business, sometimes you're just not on the menu and don't take it personally. You just got to figure out what ingredients to add to what you're serving to make people request it at this restaurant. And that's how you get on. I know that was a food metaphor. I'm kind of hungry, but, uh, (laughs) they, uh, but that's, that's kind of the secret. You know what I mean? Just to make yourself undeniable.
0: Not No, and again, that's another one. If again, if anyone's listening to this, especially afterward, take gems like that down, because I feel like that's one of those where it's always that in your head, like, what am I doing wrong? What is this? What is this? And it just discourages so many to want to possibly stop doing what we
1: love here. Correct. And there's, it's not that a promoter or company doesn't want you. You have to make them know that they want you. Make them think that it was their idea to book you by doing things to where they're always seeing you don't you don't have to send them tape every week but if you're on this show and they're talking about you on the internet especially now they're gonna they're gonna know who you are and if you're if you're having these clips that are popping off as much as i think that people posting quick clips and matches and moves and stuff can be detrimental it can also help you a lot uh because if they if they're people are watching these clips and they're retweeting and they're sharing and all this other stuff and they're quote tweeting things and they're, they're mentioning you by name. Uh, and that means people are talking about you. And that's again, how you get these promoters like, you know what? I should book that kid. Even if you send them 25 emails, let it be their idea. Make yourself undeniable. Like you just keep pushing.
0: Gotcha. That's perfect right there. Now I, I want to ask this, cause again, you've, you've wrestled almost anyone you can imagine in there, but I can imagine there has to still be maybe someone you're now seeing who does John Davis want to face in that ring? Is there someone Ooh. possibly that you haven't had a chance to yet? That's just like, it's right there, but it hasn't just happened yet. So for promoters listening, it's time to make money. Who is Who does John Davis want to face in that ring?
1: Man. There's, there's a few guys. Um If I'm looking Northeast singles guys, I want to wrestle Effie. Uh, okay. I've known Effie for a long time. I think people look at him as uh, a personality, but I know that he can get down in the ring. So uh, I, I want to work with Effie. I'd want to wrestle Mancer. I'd want to wrestle uh, Sean Legacy out of, okay. uh, he's out of Georgia. He just came back from Japan. Uh, that kid's insane. It doesn't make any sense. He just tore it down with Jay Lethal in Georgia. And viral pro. It was bananas. If you get a chance to check it out, I don't know if it's on IWTV yet, but hopefully it will be soon. But they it was they destroyed it. It doesn't make any sense. Um Brody King. Ooh, okay. Uh I just I like I like that style. Yeah, that um, definitely
0: again that that's that would be one just a banger right there. <laughs>
1: yeah. Uh Jerry Diaz. I don't okay. think I don't think uh He's coming into his own finally yeah and uh i remember him him breaking in and me seeing it and being like okay you see like there's something there and then but like now it's 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 all merging together uh yeah. so i would like to see how high i could throw him <laughs> i definitely <laughs> would be that would be a sight again yeah no. uh i feel like there's guys that i'm forgetting <laughs> But yeah, I mean that's yeah. just a real quick snapshot yeah. of like the last gotcha. few things that I've seen, the last few people I've saw. Gotcha.
0: No, that's that's perfect right there. And again, those are a, a nice combination. It's not just one style. It's just a mixture of things in there. So perfect. I had to get into that because I feel like especially with who you've already competed in there with, to think who's still on that remaining list of like, yeah, we need to get this in. We got to get this in because I know that singles of Moff is still is still is still out there. You still oh, want to get one.
1: It will happen, Pete. Yeah. <laughs> Pete. It will happen, but uh, I'm not. I'm not worried about that not taking place because it's unless unless somebody drags their feet, neither Ma or myself retire. It's going to happen.
0: Yeah, and there we go. I think there are a lot of potential money opponents for JD on the. Yeah, there's a lot of people on that poster that I feel like it. It, it could be. Let's let's just look at the poster first sec. because again he mentioned one of them because Jer- yep. Jared Diaz is on that poster, so. Hey, that that title I feel like Jay, uh, John Davis wouldn't mind holding that We Are Wrestling Championship right there from Rob Kiljoy. I'm with
1: it. I'm so, with it.
0: And I don't know, maybe maybe you and Darius need to get in there. I feel like that would yeah. be, especially that he works that style that you do, you love to watch. I feel like that might be, might be interesting.
1: Yeah, uh, Darius is another one of those guys who I feel like he's. I feel like he's ready, honestly, and. I don't. I feel like a lot of people aren't uh, aren't giving him his due, and it could be because he's very uh, careful and specific with where he goes and how he's presented. But that he is. Uh, I feel like I put over too many people, but uh, he's hey, this really is, really good. This and is one I, of those when
0: it's a great conversation. When it's like yeah. even though it's supposed to be about you. You put over everyone else in this
1: conversation. Yeah. Every time I see him, like we shake hands and we just kind of chit chat about the business a little bit. And he's a student of the game. You know what yeah. I mean? He's a very classic, um, very classic vibe to him. Like he's a he's a pro, and like he doesn't he's wise beyond his years. I guess is the best way to yeah. best way to say it. And uh, he just he just gives you that vibe, like there's something special happening and you uh, typically want to kill him and you hate his guts by the end of the match or whatever, but he, he gets it.
0: Yeah. No, no that's, that's one of those. Every time I, I see him, we have that conversation of just breaking down the business and breaking down all this and legit it's one of those where he, he'll make you feel something. It's either going to be, you're going to hate his guts. or you are just going to be like, how would he do something like that? How is he yeah. making feel something in there? But again, the nature of the business, you want to get something, you want that reaction. Absolutely. That's that's the best thing. But now, let's 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 go into this. This is another topic I wanted to bring up because I feel like especially with how the brand is, you're one of those names that again, it's talked about wrestling over everything. So, what when when we show that, what is that what does that mean to you there? So, uh
1: family. Um if you bleed with me, you're my brother. That's one of the old adages. And I've been lucky, again, to acquire the amount of knowledge that I have and be in the room with the people that I've been in and uh, getting to be able to forge bonds with uh, not only wrestlers, but their families. Um, and, and and watch their kids grow and, and watch their wives go from hating the business to just kind of disliking it here and there you know what i mean like wrestling over everything was started in tribute to someone and uh, mama sandra wanted chuck to to do something she knew that he loved wrestling and she knew that he wanted to to make a name for himself and so when she passed there was no question that what was getting ready to happen you know so it just kind of snowballed from there i'm actually wearing one of their shirts now i don't know if you guys can see that there you yeah so uh but to me it's when people hear the phrase it's often argued like oh well my family is is more important than wrestling or, oh, this is more important than wrestling and And money is more important than wrestling. Well, if you're a good pro wrestler, then your family is benefiting. So your family is a part of wrestling. And if you're a good pro wrestler, then you're making money. So money is a part of wrestling. If you're a good pro wrestler, uh, living out your dreams is part of wrestling. So wrestling is not only over everything, but it could be everything. But, for branding purposes, we're going to go wrestling over everything, but it's, it's so much to so many people. There's so many locker rooms I can walk into and see somebody and genuinely be happy and hug them and just want to know how their life is. Not just wrestling, not just where you're working, not just, Hey, how did you do at the merch table? Like what's going on with you? You know what I mean? And I actually care about these people. And I like to think that these people actually care about me. And these are relationships that even after I've hung my boots up and I'm, I'm far away from the business as far as being in ring goes. If I run into these people, I know that I'm still going to be cool and we're still going to have that, that bond. And that's going to be a thing until I'm no longer a thing. And that's in a long answer, I guess what wrestling over everything means to me.
0: Gotcha. No. And that's perfect. And that's one of those where I feel like, again, it could be that the, the name of the brand says it, but it's like, there's such, there's so much more and a deeper meaning and it's one of those where I feel like if you're lucky, especially in this business where you find that, you find even a family in the business. I've been mm-hmm. lucky to have many people that I call brothers in here. And again, not just because, hey, how's it going, brother, brother? Like, no, it's like actual family in this business. And I'm thankful for that. So definitely, if you guys haven't already, go check out that that brand as well. Support, great, great company there. Wrestling over everything, truly a great thing. So that's perfect. And here we go. <laughs> We got Elliot saying a Tyler giggling. (laughs) We got to love it. And no, this is definitely a name too. Pete Pete mentions, I think Anthony Gamble is a young kid that should definitely cross paths with JD at some point. I I would agree. And I'll be having Anthony Gamble on the the podcast tomorrow. So we'll see what he thinks. I can imagine he's also a student of the game and has seen the amazing things you've done because he's another one, bright up and comer that's definitely been making his waves as well. So, but Mr. Davis, I don't want to take up too much more of your time because it's definitely been a great conversation. And definitely, we might have to do a part two because I feel like we haven't even scratched the surface of uh of what we could talk about here. But before oh, I I'm do, lucky. let you go. That thank you. Before I let you go, I do have to ask one final question here, and that is for John Davis: What is the end goal?
1: I uh, leave the business better than I found it. Plain and simple. I want, uh, I want kids to have knowledge. I want kids to have hunger. I want kids, most importantly, to have ability and means. Uh, there's so much more than doing a springboard 450 and, and, and having all these crazy moves or these crazy spots or these things or people are retweeting or whatever it is. Uh, I want kids to be able to feel comfortable in whatever situation they're getting into. I want people to understand how to talk how to promo uh i want people to feel comfortable in their own skin and that's one of the things that i see a lot with pro wrestling a lot of guys are out there and they're this image but they're not comfortable with who they are be you talk um act move be do it the way that you're going to do it we don't know what you're planning on doing we don't know that you've been working on this catchphrase be genuine um but uh again, it's just to make it better uh, than it was when I found it. And it was already an amazing business when I got here and uh, it's grown even without me. It's gonna be a thing, even if those no John Davis, they'll still be a pro wrestling business and you'd be talking to some other handsome guy with salt and pepper beard. But uh the the big thing is is just I just want everybody to be successful. And I'm not saying that as a as a thing to like get people to say, Oh, okay, I like this this interview. Uh, I'm saying it because I I honestly feel that way and if if you're a young guy or an old guy or somebody who's not wrestling anymore somebody who's going to get into it uh i want you to do good genuinely because if you do good then your opponent does good and if y'all do good then the business the, the promotion does good and then the territory does good and then everything starts growing and then the business does better and we all make more money and everybody's happy and that's what i want for pro wrestling not just me or, or my friends but for pro wrestling as a whole even if i think that even if i think that there's things that you need to work on or that you can be better i want you to be successful is the very very heart of the issue i want you to be successful and that's why i make myself available to people so that's that's the biggest thing just i want i want everybody to do good and uh there's some stuff in the works. So maybe in part two, we'll go over it a little bit more, but I might have a little bit more of a chance to do that here in the future.
0: Nice. No, definitely. Once once that in the works, we'll definitely get in contact about that and definitely make a part two so we can talk about all that. But again, John, thank you so much for joining us here. If you guys haven't already, make sure you go follow John on Twitter, X. I'm not sure what's called anymore, but go follow him there at John Davis 817. Is is that I was gonna ask, is that another reason why you just rather not be as uh, on all the socials here is just, it's the one platform to just do it all.
1: Uh, I picked Twitter because it wasn't, it's less characters. Okay. um, And there's less of a chance to make me not like your opinions. Okay. So that works. it's, it's this, it's this, I had friends who were like, bro, did you see my post on Facebook? No. Why? Cause I don't follow you, but we're friends. Yeah. But I, you're muted. Why? Because you're dumb and I, you're, I like you as a person, but sometimes you say and do things that make me want to squeeze your face. So it's way easier on Twitter and it's less stress. I'd rather everybody has different opinions. Everybody thinks differently about different things. You have less space to put your foot in your mouth on Twitter, in my opinion, than the other ones.
0: Gotcha. No, definitely. That works. And again, it's one of those where if I didn't have to do this, I'd probably be the same way not have as many social but. In order to promote this, we got to. so, But thank you, John, again for joining us. To everyone watching, please make sure you follow this, man. And also be there for this huge collision. It will be We Are Wrestling presents Deja Vu C Sentai versus Sent to Slaughter. It's going to be Friday, September 8th next week and continuing tomorrow as well. We're going to be going huge with We Are Wrestling week and just having a bunch of the members of the roster as well. So come check out that conversation and get your tickets to be there. And as always, don't forget to. Be wise, be genuine, be real, be better people. Respect the craft, and we'll see you guys on the next one. Peace.